This is episode 21 of Beyond the Bulletin. Hello and welcome to episode 21 of Beyond the Bulletin. I'm Brandon Sweet, editor of The Daily Bulletin. And I'm Pamela Smythe, media relations manager. We're coming to you not quite live from East Campus 5. Thank you for joining us as we go Beyond the Bulletin. Like we do every week, we'll talk about some of the top stories featured in The Daily Bulletin and look ahead to what's happening inside and outside Ring Road. We'll also take the opportunity to speak with people and personalities on campus about key issues that matter. This week, I go in-depth into the new strategic plan with President and Vice-Chancellor Farden Hamdalopper. This is quite a momentous occasion to have yeah. the President on our podcast. The big man himself. Now, here's what's happening. Nearly 2,400 students were eligible to graduate at four ceremonies over two days, and more than 1,500 of those students returned to campus to receive their degrees and diplomas. In front of friends, family, and special guests, graduating students received their academic hoods and were presented with their official degrees as they crossed the convocation stage in ceremonies that marked the pinnacle of the academic year. In addition, there were several recipients of honorary degrees and other awards for academic excellence. You were there, Pamela. Was it, was it a fun, uh, fun time? It was. It's really, it's electric. It's smaller, obviously, than the spring convocation, mm-hmm. but it was really cool. And it was so nice to see people waving to their special ones from the bleachers. And it was great. Yeah, it really is kind of a, uh, like a special moment for families and for friends of the of the graduates, for sure. There was a piper this time. We don't normally have a piper, do we? No, I heard, uh, heard rumors that there was going to be uh, someone piping in, uh, Actually, wait a second. I know Guelph has a piper. I was dealing with a crew from the uh, media crew that was there, mm-hmm. so I was sort of talking to them, and I couldn't really hear everything, and um, I thought that the piper had somebody special graduating, but yeah. I could be wrong. I heard about that, too, so it could be, uh, it could be that reason well, as well. Well, congratulations to that person and to everybody who graduated. The Waterloo Warriors football team dispatched the Ottawa GGs 44-21 in their OUA quarterfinal matchup at GGs Field on Saturday, October 26th. OUA stands for Ontario University Athletics. It's a lot of letters. It is. GGs, huh? Yep. Well, there's got to be a story behind that name. Governor General? That's what we used to call the GG when I worked in a newsroom. That's right. I wish they were the BGs. Well, maybe they walk into uh, Saturday Night Fever style music. White suits? Yep. Yeah, I love it. Well, actually, uh, there is a story behind that name. Okay, good. Uh, Gigi, in this case, is short for Garnet and Grey, or I, I'll, I'll say this again. How do you pronounce that? Grana. 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 Egri. Why don't you say that? Why? I can't do the trick. Why is it in French? Because because it's Ottawa. It was a, bi- it's a bilingual oh, right. university. Okay, so... GG in this case is short for garnet and gray. Or grena et gris. If you want to get all bilingual about it. <laughs> which is the uh, which of course are the University of Ottawa's school colors. So it's a short form that also incorporates a common horse racing nickname, GG, and a horse, the GG, is actually the team's logo and mascot. Golly G, G Wiz. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, if our colors are black and gold, that makes us the BGs. That's right. Anyway, Saturday's victory yep. uh, was Waterloo's first in the playoffs since their 1999 Yates Cup title. They're staying alive. Ah, 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 ah. 
Well, I imagine afterwards uh, they partied like it was... Uh, how does that song go again? <laughs> Prince, the Bee Gees. If only we could play records on here. Darn I, our minuscule budget. I could bring in my turntables from home, Pamela. I know, but we don't have the rights. Oh, we have that's... to pay huge money. Uh, that's never stopped me before. <laughs> I, I do tend to get a little piratical when it comes to uh, music. I'm too much of a boy scout. I hate getting in trouble. Fair enough. Um, so the Warriors are now on their way to the OUA semifinals against the Western Mustangs on November 2nd. Go Warriors! And they're facing another team of horses. So I guess I could say giddy up. Another team of horses? Yes, exactly. Giddy up. Giddy up. Um, so assuming things go well against Western, yes. um, Waterloo will move on to the Yates Cup, which will be broadcast live on CHCH on November 9th. Oh, is that CHCH? Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, the big times. They, it's Channel on regular 11. television, yeah. Wow. It wasn't that, was that not the original home of the hilarious House of Frightenstein? It was! Woo! Hamilton. Wow, I like how you brought that back. Right. And I was thinking about that show when I was thinking about us playing records. Of course, because <laughs> the Wolfman, right? Like the Wolfman. He always played uh, Jumpa Jack Flash. That's like, right. Almost every week. Which is why that uh, series did not go into reruns until they uh, scrubbed out all of the music because they couldn't get the licenses for it. I hate that. Rest in peace, uh, hilarious House of Frightenstein and also WKRP and The way it was. Yeah. And Wonder Years. Oh, that's right. Truly, those were years that we looked back on in wonder. <laughs> Gee. Mm. So, uh, switching gears, the lines at Brubaker's and the SLC have been infamously long, and UW Food Services realized that something finally needed to be done about it. They've worked for the past 18 months to help sol solve this issue, and now there's an app for that. We on campus now have the ability to pre-order food from Quesada, Shwarma Hub, Pita Pit, Pizza Pizza, and Subway, and then pick it up as a, at a designated window in the Student Life Center. Everyone is able to use their Visa or MasterCard to pay, while students have the added benefit of using their Watt card. What a time to be alive. Can't I use my Watt card? That's a great question for food services. Well, Brandon, with the app completely launched and now accepting orders, Food Services is seeing the use of it growing every day and look forward to expanding it to other locations in the future. So just you wait. I will wait in line. With bated breath. Well, with something. <laughs> <laughs> with anticipation. Rumbling stomach. Yeah. You can download the app today by searching for UW Food Services in the App Store or Google Play Store. We'll put a link to the Food Services app website in our episode show notes on SoundCloud. The university's Senate and Board of Governors, our highest governing bodies here, have approved the university's bold strategic plan for 2020 to 2025, connecting imagination with impact. The approval of the plan followed an extensive process of consultation, analysis, and development led by the president and the provost over the course of 18 months. The university is now moving ahead into the implementation and accountability phase of the plan. We could say more, but that would spoil our upcoming interview with the president later in the podcast. So we will put a link to the Strategic Plan website in our episode show notes on SoundCloud. Now for a look ahead to what's happening. Brandon, did you know that socks are one of the most requested yet least donated items to homeless shelters? I did not know that. For those experiencing or at risk of homelessness in our community, having clean, dry socks can mean so much, especially in the cold winter months. I mean, you know, it's awful having cold feet, especially if they're wet. You it's know, getting true. a booter? Yep, when you step like in a... Like a soaker. Yeah. Enter Toasty Toes, a region-wide campaign to help meet this important need in our community, and the University of Waterloo is proud to be a collection site for this much-needed initiative. 
You can drop off your new socks at the Office of the President in Needles Hall 3073, or place them in an inter-office mail envelope labeled Toasty Toes and add it to your daily mail. Men's socks are preferred, but women's and children's socks are also happily accepted. The School of Pharmacy and Velocity, both in downtown Kitchener, are also acting as collection sites for Waterloo students, faculty, and staff. Collection for Toasty Toes runs from October 10th to November 10th. Toasty Toes, I love that. Well, it's that time of year again. The 2019 President's Town Hall meeting will take place on Tuesday, November 12th at 10.30 a.m. in Federation Hall. Join President Ferdin Hamdalopra as he discusses the state of the University of Waterloo and presents the university's 2020 to 2025 strategic plan. And everyone is welcome to this annual event. Following the President's presentation, there will be an interactive question and answer period. You can submit your questions for President Hamdalopra by filling out the question field during registration, sending them via email to townhall at uwaterloo.ca, sending them in via Twitter, both before and during the town hall, by tweeting to at uwaterloo, or by using the hashtag UWTH. Asking in person on the day of the town hall is another way to get your question in. A lot of options. There's no excuse for leaving your question unasked. So the event uh, will con conclude after the president's presentation and the Q&A period uh, with a complimentary light lunch served in Fed Hall's Columbia Rooms A and B from noon to 1 p.m. So yes, there is, in fact, a thing known as a free lunch. Please register to save your seat at the town hall and luncheon. You can also view the live stream of the event. We'll put the links to the registration page and live stream into our show notes on SoundCloud. And now the interview. As we mentioned earlier, the university has a new strategic plan for 2020 to 2025 entitled Connecting Imagination with Impact. The plan contains three themes that will help guide us as an institution for the next five years. The president of the university, Faridun Hamdalapur, sat down with Pamela to talk about it. Hello, Faridun. Hello, Pamela. How are you? I'm very well. Thank yeah, you for being yeah. here. Welcome to Beyond the Bulletin, your inaugural appearance. Oh, yeah. I'm excited to be here. The first of many, I hope. Why is the idea of connecting imagination with impact a natural for us at University of Waterloo? Because it perfectly describes who we are. We've always been right from day one. We are able to see things, imagine things. We are able to, we've been able to think differently. But the key thing is we get things done. Not just only imagine them, but we find really innovative, creative ways to get them done in a way that the impact is fantastic. So at this particular point in time, this is what we want to emphasize on. Let's keep imagining. Let's understand the world a little better. Let's see the future as far as we can, to the best of our ability, imagine what it will look like but put things down on the ground and get it done so that we will make the kind of impact we have been doing for many years that since our first day. So uh, there are three intersecting themes mm -hmm. in the plan. Uh, they are developing talent for a complex future, advancing research for global impact, and strengthening sustainable and diverse communities. We can get into those individually in a minute, but broadly, why are those important to keep top of mind? They are important because you, if you distance yourself and look at them from a little higher altitude, you will see how well they are connected, they are integrated. 
but you have to pay a lot of attention to them individually knowing that how you know they are connected one cannot exist without the other mm. two and when you put all those together it is a perfect picture of reflecting and articulating what our vision is it's just you know uh, you bring them all together under those three themes that's that's what it is we can't foresee our future without a new definition um, uh, of talent. We can't stay with, you know, the kind of talents that we've been so proud to have. We need to think of what will it look like. We cannot even imagine how this talent will really get to the highest level of impact without connecting, to, connecting it to creation of new knowledge through research and scholarship. Mm. And you can't do any one of those if you are not investing in your community. It's your community that will get both of them done. So developing talent for a complex future, what kind of talent are we talking about? We're talking about a very exciting talent. Okay. The talent that is still knowledge, competency, depth in knowledge is still very important but ability to connect between disciplines, ability to really articulate, communicate. As you're doing it, think deeper, understand the broader meaning of it, understand that there are very complex, multidimensional problems. It will require teamwork, it will require creativity. Understand that there is not just one single solution to a question. Understand that sometimes you can be ahead of a question and define what the question should be mm. with what you have. So those are the kind of talent that we believe, first, this university is in need of, second, our country is in need of, and thirdly, the world is in need of. So what changes do you think we need to undertake at Waterloo to help uh, develop this talent for, this, yeah. for the future? I think uh, the change will have to come from the way we further elaborate who we are. And that really is the key thing because this is the most innovative university in this country. It's been now for 28 years in a row. It's not by accident because this is how we were created. And if this is the gene in our uh, DNA, that means that we can't actually, this is natural, we don't have to force ourselves. But at the same time, we need to define what will be the best way to bring it forward so that we will, we will not be really wasting time. And our students to begin with and our colleagues, faculty, staff, they're all on the same page. So, example. If you could remove, create an environment that will naturally remove all barriers, walls, obstacles from in front of you mm. so that you can easily touch on access to other disciplines while you're really concentrating, excelling in your competency in your discipline, you're connecting yourself with many others. Mm -hmm. This is where the new ideas, new creativity, new opportunities will emerge. If you look past 
in the past 10 years and look at some of the uh, big, big, big highlights that happen in our society. And if you analyze them, you will see that they all connect various disciplines together. They all came from out-of-the-box creative thinking. Do you mean Canada or globally? Globally, mm. around the world. And Canada has its own fair share, and some of them are we're, we're very proud that happened here at the University of Waterloo. But overall, this is something that we cannot close our minds or you know uh, eyes, and we need to make sure that we are providing that environment. We are mm -hmm. providing opportunity for that conversation to take place. Can you elaborate on the idea of advancing research for global impact? Is the emphasis going to be on the research part, the global, or the impact? All of the above. <laughs> okay. All of the above because um, uh, research is something that, again, is so natural to us. How do you advance it, though? I mean, we're already a research-intensive university, right? So we purposely said that for impact, global impact, because mm. there are some very complex questions out there. And without understanding them first, and second, saying that I can play a part in addressing those questions because those are global issues, mm -hmm. challenges. They will not only impact one, two, five countries, they will also impact my country. Even if it's not impacting my country, I am a global citizen. Right. I have to understand those. You have to have the global pa uh, piece in there. You have to have the impact piece in there. But you have to start at the most basic fundamental curiosity level. If right. you want to connect with everything, you know, everything else. And global is a really important part of that. Global is very important. Whether it's a global issue like, you know, um, uh, climate, whether it is water, whether it is um, advancement in technology, whether it's the um, impact of artificial in intelligence and automation, they're all global issues. Right. Or it's, you know, aging or, you know, mental health. These are all global issues. And we know that we cannot just deal with very isolated local right. Problems. But you do talk. We do talk about community. So we're going from global mm -hmm. to community, where you say strength. We say in the strategic plan, strengthening sustainable and diverse community. So from your perspective, why does that need to be in there? Oh, without that one, I wouldn't even dare calling this a strategic plan. Oh, really? And uh, without that, I wouldn't even dare saying that we are committed to doing all these things that we are doing because. It is the community that created this university put mm -hmm. in place. And it is our either immediate or broader community that really um, gives us the kind of energy, passion, direction, you know, ambition that we are so proud to have. Connection. So, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So um, we talked about some fabulous things. The community is the key. That's where it comes, that we don't take our community for granted. Mm -hmm. And that's why the strategic plan was created with 100% participation of community. It is the community's strategic plan. Mm -hmm. But within that, we need to recognize that 
we will need to continue moving in, the, in a direction where community is not just participating, they're taking ownership of what we're doing. At the same time, it's a two-way street. We need to make sure that our community is a vibrant community. We're not, not taken for granted. And always, as the university is advancing, the community is also advancing. So what do you mean by community? Do you mean our local community? Do you mean the global community? What do we mean by so diverse and sustainable I will, communities? I will first start with our campus community. Okay. With from our staff, students, faculty members. Those are the ones mm -hmm. who are working with us every day. Those are when we say when I say we get things done. Those are the ones who are getting things done. Right. And then a little broader, we are 210,000 uh, alumni around the world. Hmm. That's part of our community. Right. And another community that was really looking at the University of Waterloo and said, "Well, hmm. we have expectations from you. We have connections with you." And right. we hope that you will you will continue making the kind of impact you've been making. But I will come back and focus on our campus immediate community, campus community, and you know the uh, the community around our campus. Those are the ones that are connected to university every single day. Right. They wake up in the morning, think of this university. They go to bed, think of this university. And what a marvelous thing to have. There are also things that we're calling signature commitments. So mm -hmm. in addition to themes, there's signature commitments. And there are seven of those that we're committing to by uh, to achieving by 2025 or by the end of 2025, the end of this five-year period. But of the seven promises, if you will, if I can call them promises, um, these commitments, what is the most important and why? This is like, you know, having seven children and you're asking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, so they are all of equal importance to me oh. and they are well connected with each other. But of all, of all, uh, it boils down to students. Oh. And it boils down to, of course, the talent represented those students. So that is something that I believe... Um, if you if you want to really dig a little deeper and push me a little bit more, I will say that's a very uh, big soft spot in my heart. Yes. That it it comes down to uh, what it will mean to the students. That's why we have the uh, talent piece in there. So that's the signature commitment that reads: empower students to leverage diverse learning experiences by creating more flexible learning pathways. Yes. This what is, is that? What's, what do you well, mean by flexible learning pathway? First, this is just one of them. There are many other signature commitments that yes. touch on directly or indirectly to uh, the academic and right. You know, uh, I just saw the word students. students. It just yes. jumped out at me. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that means uh, it goes back to. Um, the interdisciplinarity, bring, mm. providing a campus environment that is vibrant, that they are not, students are not just confined within their own disciplinary areas or with, even within disciplines. Mm -hmm. uh, they are not really given a prescri pre prescribed pathway to follow. I see. We rely on their creativity. We rely on their brilliance. Why don't we, why aren't we empowering them? to say that I dare to connect what I'm studying to something else that you in the curriculum office or registrar, wherever, 
didn't think of. Hmm. The people who are doing accreditation, they didn't think of. But hmm. this is what I want to add to my education here because I am curious. I want to learn. Mm -hmm. And my gosh, possibilities of connecting the two are endless. So why aren't we giving them that opportunity? Doesn't mean that we want to, we're going to have 42,000 different academic programs. Here. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. the registrar's office is yeah, going to yeah. have to be but the size of But that means Hall. that uh, we are giving them enough opportunities to fulfill their degree requirements mm -hmm. and, in addition, add something else to it or fulfill their degree requirements in a very unique, special way that means something to them. Doesn't necessarily mean adding new programs like no. arts and business, like connecting things that people would that think may happen connected. too. That may happen yeah. too at a different level. I see. That may happen too at a different level. Again, okay. I hope I'm hoping that it's one of the uh, purposes of the strategic uh, plan that it will happen. Okay. What would you like the students and faculty and staff to keep in mind when they're reading this plan? First thing is this is their university. When they're reading that plan, they will recognize, oh, yeah, I said something, this is my input, and right. I can see my own reflection in this plan. Right. That is, that is very important. Second, I want them to think that. I don't want them, I think they will think that. This is a university that I came to either study or work. Gosh, have I made the right decision? Oh, excellent. Because this is the university where, in its own ambitious, unassuming, but very dynamic way, moves forward. That's the feeling I want them to have. Gosh, it's so exciting. We right. can, we can, we can be the champions of anything we want. Right. And I played a role in creating this plan. Hmm. And it's not a directive or an order from on high. It's actually... Absolutely not. Right. Absolutely not. Our main objective was to, again, get everybody involved, get everybody to basically go around the uh, white papers we c mm. created, to some sort of, you know, the initial vision document we created and then build further on this. And over the uh, period of uh, almost a year and plus, we had... I can't remember the number, over 50 perhaps consultation sessions. It never was, and it never it was never the idea of some of us will go on top of the mountain and say, well, here is our strategic plan, everybody just yeah. take it and read it and then do it. Right. <laughs> what happens next to make it more than just words on a web page that are accompanied by really cool graphics, by the way? Mm -hmm. So imagine this fabulous... Um, have to use the metaphor car because I want to put wheels on it. We are, we have already started working on our implementation and accountability plan. Mm -hmm. So we are basically enabling our plan touch the ground and as soon as it touches, it will take off. Yeah. By the end of this year, I'm hoping that at least we will have completed a phase one of this. Oh. And then next year when we say, here, the University of Waterloo's 2020-2025 plan has started. We have a plan to start building it. 
Some of them will be in place in short time. Some of them will require five years, but the next five years, we know exactly the places we need to go and how fast and how far we need to go to those places. So I should mention that there will be a President's Town Hall on November 12th at 10.30 a.m. It's not specifically about the strategic plan, I don't think, but students, faculty, and staff can attend in person, space permitting, also join on the live stream. Um, and so they can certainly submit questions about the strategic plan if they have any, right? Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to having you back in the studio sometime. Thank you for being here, Faridan. Well, thank you, Pam. Excellent questions. Well, that about wraps it up for us this week. You can find additional information and links about the items we mentioned in today's episode in the show notes on SoundCloud. To ensure you don't miss an episode, subscribe to the Beyond the Bulletin podcast wherever you get your favorite podcasts. So you've heard from us, and now we want to hear from you. Send us your feedback and comments to bulletin at uwaterloo.ca. Thanks for listening as we went Beyond the Bulletin. I heard a stat that said 88% of uh, parents um, eat their children's Halloween candy, and I'm like, that seems low. <laughs> eat as in eat it all? Well, I mean, there is Steal a... Steal it when there's kids are sleeping. It's not stealing, Pamela. It is a parental tax. Mm. Uh, it is, there is a real redistrib redistribution model there. In